<clears throat> you go to bed just to learn. It was all a dream. Day after day, just a yearning for something in between. Kneeling down beside your bed, praying for a sign and everything your mother said was just a waste of time. But one day, one day, we'll all be free. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk live podcast with our special guest today, Morris Hayes. We'll get into that. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on YouTube, checking us out on Facebook Live. Also checking us out on the audio version with Spotify, Apple Music, Podbay FM, and everywhere else. What's up to Canada, Germany, in the house. Seeing you guys in the US. Thank you guys so much. Hope you guys have been enjoying Welcome to America. And it's a tremendous chart success worldwide, hitting numbers that uh, haven't been done since we lost him, which, you know, I'm glad to see that the numbers have been stronger and have been up. Our guest today is someone that worked on this album and um, he has so much to be proud of when it comes to it. And we're going to get into that. Um, but I thank you guys for joining in. Make sure to share on your fan pages or groups. It is appreciated. Right now, we're not going to waste any time. He's one of the, he is the longest tenured person that worked with Prince in any band. And I'm proud to call him my friend and a special guest today on our show, Mr. Morris Hayes. Hey, hey, what's up? What's up? How you doing, man? Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, glad to be here, man. Yeah. And I did see you on stage um, a couple of weeks ago back at Paisley Park, but I was being like you and trying to practice social distancing. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I didn't say what's up, but uh, I think we were both getting hounded for selfies a little bit, but um, congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. On it's so been, many things uh... like, you know, this project and how well it's selling and you being able to be a part of it and be the person behind it and get your accolades. You know, I know it isn't all about that, but I'm proud to see it. You know, so as someone who knows the work that you put in for years, well, I appreciate it, man. I, I mean, it, uh, the record speaks for itself, man. And again, uh, Prince, I mean, what can you say? I mean, this just further proves he's one of the greatest to ever do the game. He was uh, top in, the fi in his field. And so uh, he, he did this incredible record, and, you know, and uh, he allowed me to be a part of it. I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that, uh, that I uh, got. To, to participate in this record because certainly we know Prince has had many hit records over the years. He didn't need my help or anybody else's to do what he has to do. What's up, Shelby J? Uh, but, but you know, man, I'm just, I'm grateful for the opportunity and I'm glad to see it getting the, the attention that it deserves uh, for some of the incredible songwriting that he did on this project. It is quite impressive. And of course, as we know, it didn't come out when he wrote it for many reasons that people can go into, whether it was ahead of its time or, um, Tall and uh, Chris not being able to perform and be part of the band. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it feels right on time. It feels like this was all how it was meant to be. And we have the people that say, oh, he didn't want to get released. And we won't give him more energy. We'll discuss it later. But that's mm -hmm. not how it was meant to be. And if people listen to this and they let it in, it's fairly obvious, you know? Yeah. So I, for me, brother, it's it's like, um, everything works out as it should, you know what I mean? Regardless of what the reasoning may be at the time, 
as it as it works out now, the record is more poignant now and more uh, uh, really stronger now than it would have been even when we did the record. So I, I think that you know the only issue I really have with it coming out now is that Prince is not here. You know what I'm saying? To to right. to see it out, you know, and a lot of people can debate about whether he would have wanted this out as as, as uh, even other things in the vault. You know, there's this wide going debate amongst Prince fans and and fans or whatever that, you know, uh, I even had a gentleman said that they should burn the contents of the vault. They should burn it. And I just I, I listen. I see a lot of stuff, man. And I, I you know, it's like okay, cool. Everybody got their two cents and whatever. Fine. Right. But to say burn this man's work in the vault, burn it, just so that these greedy money grubbers won't get it. I'm like, man, this is the, it gets to the place where it's just crazy and it's just lunacy when people say stuff like that. And it bothers me because, I mean, well, you, you know, I don't understand why somebody would have a vault uh, in your house and at your studio if it wasn't something that you considered to be important or valuable. Uh, you don't need a vault. You can stick it in the garage, like a lot of other junk that people have. They stick in the garage. You don't. If you don't. If you want it protected, you don't put it in there. You put it in a vault. So right. I, I, I don't want to get into a bunch of you know like wackadoodle you know uh, conversations about that kind of stuff. It's just like crazy talk. But uh, I'm glad to see it come out now. I, I think it's very an, an important record, speaking to what's going on right now in the wake of what's all happened. Some of them are so-called Prince experts, and they haven't had a relationship with him since 1993. We don't even need to get into that, but I'm proud it's out. Maybe you can just be enough. You can make sure when you guys are touring again to re-add face down back into the <laughs> Right? That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but look, me and him talked about The Vault in 2013, and he even to Barbara Walters, he said, oh, yeah, everything that's in The Vault will be released. I won't be alive for it, but it will be released. Yeah. Listen to these things. Not don't listen to an interview from 1985 or other people that think they know what they're talking about. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I've heard a lot. Uh, some of it, I just let it go. It just rolls off the back or whatever. But then some is just like, I think people just say stuff to garner a reaction. I think there's just a, I'm going to see what's the craziest thing that I could say. And then I'm just going to float it out there and just see what happens. I'm just going to throw a bomb in the ocean and see what blows up. And, and it's just like, I'm like, I, and, and I know I should be like above it. I know I should just like be more, don't worry about it. But it just, it gnaws the hell out of me. It hurts. Because it it's hurts. just so crazy. And, and so I I'm just like, when, you know. Yeah. And sorry to interrupt, but I hate it when people don't fact check. Because you guys did, you guys performed Hot Summer. You guys debuted an instrumental of same page, different book at the foundation room house of lose 2011 and brought it back to Dakota jazz club. They were doing that and other songs when she comes yeah. performed. Um, and there's other stuff I'm forgetting about. It's just learn, know your stuff before you say it. Cause to me, it's embarrassing. Cause I like to fact check stuff. Right. Now, speaking of something, we're just going to get into it to go away from it. How did stand up and be strong? How did that cover come about? I mean, now, obviously, full asylum from Minneapolis, but yeah. Let me just let me just say when when uh, the the when I got involved in the project, by the time mm -hmm. I came into it, uh, Prince had gave me a call and uh, asked me to come by the studio. You know, he's like, you know, hey, I got some heat. I want you to come check it out, like normal. It's like no big deal. Um, I get there, he's in the car, 
sitting in the parking lot in the back parking lot back there by the loading dock. And um, he tells me to hop in and uh, I get in and he's got the CD. He's got the CD and he's like, yeah, we got a little song and dance, you know, kind of thing. We do tongue in cheek thing, little funny thing. And then um, he tells me, you know, he's got Toe and he's got Chris Coleman. And, uh, and so I'm like, oh, snap. You know, it's going to be a, a new NPG kind of incarnation. Maybe is what he's working on. Like when, you know, Renato and all of them came in. Just like, it's a new thing. I'm like, okay. So he proceeds to play the record. He's already got the basic tracks. But the background singers with the girls on it, with the basic tracks. So it's very raw, man. It's very, very clean and very raw. And he's just kind of telling me how everything rolled out. So all of that stuff was already done. So I was like coming into the project midway like it's like we've already right. cut basic tracks i didn't even know they were working on that record so it was like oh wow and so i'm sitting there check soaking it all in like wow this is dope and i'm listening to the lyrics and i'm like wow prince you're going hard man like this is the music is one thing but you like saying some stuff over the top of this this like banana sandwiches man i'm like bro you going in like the first three tracks were like that i was like whoa you know whoo so so that's kind of the way that that, that that came around. So he'd already kind of like, I don't know what the genesis of how he thought about using that track. That'd probably be a better question to ask the girls since they were all there doing that, the, the creation process. Yeah, for sure on that. And definitely it does hit strong right from the get-go. I mean, you got you had Lotus Flower, you had Dreamer, you had Wall of Berlin, you had a few other things going on there. 2010 wasn't exactly the same feel and right. then all of a sudden this hits and you're kind of like back to that and he's yeah. hitting hard from the get-go and i think that may have been hard for some people to digest at first but if you give sometimes like with those tracks with how how heavy it is you got to give it time you got to let it grow yeah and i think a lot of people don't you know jail with it too because a lot you know there's again a lot of people that said prince was apolitical he didn't get involved in politics and all this kind of stuff but over the years you know we got uh, ronnie talk to russia we got uh uh you know dear mr man you got america you got all of these different things where he kind of speaks about you know just this was just more of a sustained attack on it and right. just like a more concentrated effort, you know, it got Baltimore. You got a lot of different things that he would speak on. I, I even wonder myself, like, had Prince been around for like the Trump era and for George Floyd and for all of the things beyond even what he was for, here for Freddie Gray. Like, I can't see him doing anything but speaking on that. So you, right. can, you can't tell me that in his own hometown, George Floyd, that that wouldn't have been a sustained uh, something that he would have been right. involved in right here in our, in our backyard in, in, in Minneapolis. You know what I'm saying? I just, I can't see him not being on that in some sort of significant way. And sometimes his political stuff was so subtle, like right. with dance on Detroit, what's happening. There was a lot of stuff going on there. And then with the love sexy tour, you go back there, there's a flag. One of the flags he has, it says no war. Yeah. It's, it's there. People sometimes don't want to hear what they want to hear. Someone's bringing up avalanche, all these things. Yeah. Shelby knows what we're talking about for sure. But that's just it, is they're trying to change the narrative now. And it's unfortunate, but we we know the truth and we have to make sure that continues to stay out there, that these things were important to him right. and they're going to stay important. And we're not going to let them change the narrative. You know, that's what it comes down to. Now, yeah. and I think, as you're saying, and I love that Sony's promotion has been so well. And I love that you and Shelby did 60 Minutes and so many other things that you were part of that they included you. 
you know, some people will be like, you may not be to us, you're super well known and super appreciated, but some people that stopped paying attention in 1985, they don't know it. But I love that Sony, he ain't here no more. And even when he was here, you know, he put out people that he wanted to have the light. And I'm glad to see you doing these interviews. And with Sony's promotion, I think that's what also helped. And the musical content being so on time is why it's selling so well. When you look at top five and the other artists that are in there are all teenagers, Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo. And here's Prince who cannot be on Fallon, cannot be on Colbert, hitting top five. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. It's it's yeah, let me tell you something, man. Sony has been incredible, not only with regard to these interviews and everything, but the absolute righteous push that they put on this project. And I say righteous push because it, it is an important project. I think this is Prince's what's going on record. You know what I mean? I think that's his record. Uh, and I think it's 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 going to be a, a great record for Prince, historically speaking. Uh um, I, I, like I said, I'm the, the luckiest cat in the world just to be in, included on it. He certainly didn't need me to do it, but I'm so happy that I was a part of this project because I felt when I heard it, I, I told Prince, I said, I said, bro, this is crazy. This whole record. I said, this is crazy. And I remember even telling him when, like I, I went through it. I heard how he came up with, um, uh, born to die. And, and when he got to, uh, when she comes, I said, Prince, this is old Prince. I said, Oh my gosh, they're going to, they're going to kick you out of the witness protection program over there. You know, I just kind of made a little thing about it, but uh, I just, you know, I just, I knew it was a great body of work. And then when it didn't come out, you know, I was kind of curious about the situation, but I found out why, why it was. And, uh, you know, I had, you know, uh, pontificated about what I thought could have been the issue as to why it didn't come out. I guessed that, you know, based on my historical, uh, uh, record with Prince as to how he does things. I surmised that I said, if, if Prince does what he would do sometimes, which is shoot first and ask questions later, uh, did the recording, cause you know, you're talking about Toll Wickenfield and, and Chris Coleman, two world-class musicians. They come in and jam, they groove in it. And it's like, oh my God, this is hot. Let's do something. Prince could do like this. And his people moving, sitting stuff up in the studio. There ain't no discussions about, okay, now what are we going to do? About it? It's like, let's get, we're in a vibe. Let's go record. Let's just jam. Let's see what we come up with. So he's calling just like we did with Exodus. So it's like, that's the vibe. So then you don't talk business there. That's not, he's, his energy is not there. I've had Prince tell me like when he'll tell me to do something and I'll come back and be like, yeah, Prince about that thing. He's like, Morris, my, my energy is not right there right now. I'm going to be like, that's a that's another time we can talk about that some other time. I'm, I'm I'm right here right now. I'm not on that. You know what I'm saying? So his energy is right here right now, and I had to learn that. Like, okay, don't come with some mundane stuff about something else when we're in the middle of this thing right here. We got to stay focused on on the yeah. present and what we're in now. And I think that's where he was. And so then later, after the smoke clears, they got all this stuff. Then it's like, hey, so we're gonna go tour we got a new thing i'm gonna, I'm gonna read you're the new npg blah, blah 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 and it's like uh i got i got i got uh, uh herbie hancock and jeff uh, and, and, and jeff beck i can't just leave in this business bro you cannot just up and roll out that's your reputation your word is your bond 
And if you don't, you know, adhere to that, you won't get work in the business after you're done with Prince or after you do the people like, yeah, don't call Morris. He's, he's, he only takes the big gigs and he'll leave. If you get something bigger than what you're doing, he'll take off. Nobody wants to deal with that, man. So you have to, you know, a lot of people uh, can assume whatever until you, like you say, you have to know the facts. You have to know why it was and understand why those things would happen. And so that's what basically happened is like, you know, they had other commitments couldn't go in and do a thing at the time prince anybody that knows prince knows that he moving on to the next thing if that is not working shelve it and we're gonna keep moving because he's like spewing out songs and spewing out situations all the time that's not going to shut his program down for most people if they were thinking about that they would probably be like well that's my whole plan and now what am i going to do that's not prince he can shift and stick and move on to the next thing and be like all right i'm moving i got another idea I have another album. Look at what happened. 2010, a whole nother record came out right at the same time we did this. That just goes to show. Yeah. And there's still tracks from that and extended versions of that that haven't been released yet. Precisely. So here's hoping that we'll see the, the 2010 Deluxe that he talked about before, whether it was Peach and Black or you know putting it out there, that there's other tracks from that. And hopefully they'll get a proper release, not just in a newspaper. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. There's so oh, much yeah. stuff, man. It's the vault is just chuck fullery uh, of, of of wonderful items that's in there that we have no clue. I like Prince was prolific. It worked all the time, you know. Even when I wasn't around or when anybody else wasn't around, he was working. So you just don't. I mean, only the people that are archiving all of this stuff that's going through it and have the the, the, the arduous task of trying to piece all of this together like this giant jigsaw puzzle and timepiece puzzle time machine thing they have a lot of work to do in order to, to put it but I'm, I'm like i said i've been pleased to this point with the majority of what uh, the the estate has done with these releases i love the purple rain release i thought that was dope i thought sign of the times was dope you know uh, as far as a lot of material that i was like even like oh snap they put this in here so i i think they've been good about uh, a good majority of the releases that i've seen come out i've been happier with it i thought that was some dope releases and you know people can argue about the the the, 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 the how the packages are put together and pricing and all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. i'm all about the music it's about the music to me it's about uh how that comes across i think this this dvd this or this or blu-ray is like smoking i'm just like the sound is like and that's the kind of stuff that i think i like how does it sound like what what is what is that part of it and then right. I don't the price and stuff. I understand people got money things. I understand it, and, and for that I'm you know, you know I'm sorry that it's not hitting everybody at their price point. But I am definitely more concerned about the sonics, the art of the package, the art of the music. That's that appeals to me. And we'll definitely get into the live shows. But much props to Chris James for the sound they did in that and Atmos being used, for sure. Yeah. Now here's a question because it deals it somewhat deals with Sony because I feel. I'm going to ask you this question, but I feel you probably will get some and a future baby mama can win one. That's all I'm going to say. But someone says, do you think this album will be nominated for any Grammy Awards? I'm hopeful, Will. I think it will. What do you think? You know, you can, I, I, I'm always, I'm always, you know, Prince really made an issue. I, I remember when we were doing, uh, there was a song I used to like, uh, this video where I had a lot of, <laughs> I had to play a record executive in this video, uh, same December. Same December, yeah. Where he talks about, you know, 
the 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 idol, the the golden. Prince really made a point of like not worrying about the, the awards and all of this kind of stuff, and 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 just not letting that be the reason why he did music. It's like for for to go get the golden idol and go do that sort of thing. I mean, sure, I I I'm I would be happy to see Prince nominated. Because I didn't write these songs, man. I just co-produced it, so it's not like I gotta, you know, uh, you know. I just like f- for him to get the credit for the great work that he did, and 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 the accolades that that, that are, are put out there are a, a thing of what the people think, or the, whoever the voting populace that thinks that this is a great body of work. And all I want him to be recognized for is his great body of work. You know, and if that garners a some, you know, a, a Grammy or an American Music Award or whatever it is, great. That's beautiful, man. Of course, I'd love to see it for myself. I don't have hardware like that. Prince got all this stuff up and down the hallways of Paisley Park. So he, I mean, he's good. He was good even when he had it. He got Oscars and stuff in there hanging around. So it's all good. But you know, I just would like to see credit uh, given where credit is due. That's what that's what it is for me. And if and if you know uh, if we if if we get something for that, great. That's that's. I'll be the first one down there talking about. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Crying and everything else. That'll be cool in the gang. But uh, I think the people are speaking, and uh, uh, the record is like just just going off the rails. Every just about every interview that I've done, man, and I'm talking about from Wall Street Journal, Rolling Stone, and all of these things. It's been nothing but positive feedback. Uh, I mean, even from some people that typically don't like us, there's been good feedback. So, I, bro, that's, you know, but, you know, I understand, too, that you got Billie Eilish out there. You know, she's a hot ticket right now. She's right. out in the game. She's a young girl out here doing her thing. And, uh, you know, all of that's great. But, you know, Prince is a goat, and, and I just want him to be recognized for it. I just feel you got Billie, you got Olivia Rodrigo, you got Taylor. They're kind of kind of cancel each other out. But Sony, I think, is going to, do it to where you do it from the R&B aspect of it and adult R&B contemporary. So yeah. we'll see with that. I think there's enough for it all. Oh, uh, yeah. I think there's weekend. enough categories that he ought to come away with some hardware for something. <laughs> you know, uh, definitely, man. You know, and I just, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just happy again. You know, the girls did an amazing job on this record, man. Prince gave them so much latitude and, and, and so much uh, input and in in how this thing, he's a, he, this is a guy, again, who's confident in his own thing that like, he went where he, he put the girls out there like huge, you know what I'm saying? Because they got in there and just really just killed it on what they, their parts were. And, and he just let them do their thing, man. And it just, a lot of times I can even feel like they're driving. And I just thought this was so cool that he let them be, express themselves like that. And he told me that once, you know, he, why, he, why he said that he would change band members. He liked that energy. You know, he liked that energy of bringing other people in and having their input. And he really, really, you know, let them go in and do their thing, man, and just show the world, like, what they could really do. And I think that's a, that was a beautiful thing, man. I like to see uh, that. And, and they should get credit for that. I think they did a great job. For sure. And, of course, it always it bugs me because I know – at the time of the Welcome to America show in the forum run, they were doing Make You Feel My Love, which was blowing up for Adele. But they keep saying, oh, it's a Bob Dylan cover. And I'm like, if you want to get technical, in Prince's eyes, especially with the ladies singing it, it's an Adele cover by the MPG Divas of a song that Bob Dylan wrote. Yeah. But that's how it looks. But some people, 
They'll get yeah, just, I, just like I, along, I, the, along the watchtower. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I get it. That, exactly. That's the thing. It's like all along the watchtower, but you know, it's like Jimi Hendrix uh, yep. uh, version. And then same thing with, when it comes to Creedence Clearwater for, uh, uh, you know, we were looking at the thing with uh, Ike and Tina Turner. That, that was more the Tina Turner version was like how we look at, but, but the bottom line is again, credit where credit's due. These were great songs written by some great artists, you know, and, and, um, and, and what the girls interpreted it, how they interpreted it is what makes it shine. And, and I think that's what kills it. You know, that piece in the, in the video is just powerful. And once again, Prince got everybody in here know that watches your program that looks, everybody know Prince got a hundred billion songs that we could play. We could, we could do 10 hours easy on just Prince songs in a show. We don't have to do people's covers. Prince looks at the impact of show. How is this going to play in the show? He gives love to a lot of different artists that he likes. He give a shout out to Jam and Lewis, you know, with Janet Jackson's uh, track. We like that song. It grooves. You know, the girls have fun with that. We play car wash. We'll play whatever those things are because it's a party. You know, we like Sylvester. We like all of these things because it just takes us to back to the music that we love and that we enjoy. And so we have fun with that, man. And, it, and, and so do the people. If you look at those audience folks, and that was a long show, man. We were grinding on these shows, man. I mean, and some was even longer than that. And, and right. it's like, you know, but it, it was great fun because... It's like we playing the music that we love, man. He had me call Cool in the Gang, had me call D Train, and like, hey, man, Morris, we, like, will you call and ask him? I'm like, yeah, I'll call Cool in the Gang, Cool Bell, and ask them if we can play this song. Guess what they said? Yeah, Prince, you, Prince, yeah, he can play our song and change the lyrics right. to Inglewood Swinging. Of course he can, you know. And D Train, I got to be cool with these cats after I call. And, and did that. I was like, yeah, Prince, anybody else you want me to call, bro? Hand them over. I'll call them. And it's just like, it was great, man. And, 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 and that's what's beautiful about uh, Prince. He was not afraid of nobody. Competition, all that kind of stuff, bro. Only one that I can, t that they, I, that I can think of that he said that gave him pause was the time. <laughs> that, was, right. that was his greatest competition, he felt, was the time. You know, right. he told me, he said, I wouldn't let him play Madison Square Garden because they was, they was they were putting a hurting on the brothers some spots. And I thought that was great. I, I thought well, that was a great story. I was in the time too, and I heard their side of it and I heard his side of it. And they both told the truth. Uh -huh. You know, they said, yeah, Prince will let us play at the Madison Square Garden. And Prince said, I wouldn't let him play at the Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so <laughs> that was true. Cause yeah. he said, sometimes they put it on me, man. And I, and I love that, man, because that was what turned him on is that it's a, it's a healthy competition, you know, and, uh, and he created something just as bad as him, you know, and I thought that was great. Sometimes there's three sides to every story, not two. Yeah. Yeah. But for that. And of course, like Shelby at the after shows at the Forum Club with their less than stellar sound system, which we'll get into, she would kick it off with Rude Girl from Rihanna. Yeah. Rude Boy, excuse me. Rude Boy. So that would be just... Ice on the cake. So it wasn't just cool in the game. They were he was paying attention to other stuff. It's all, all kinds you know, of make you, make you feel my love. It wasn't the Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood 90s version, yeah. you know, because someone brought that up that I was covered. Yeah. But let's talk about these shows. Let's talk about that symbol stage and where you were placed. Were you feeling that? <laughs> it was crazy. I it, it really took me, it took me a few 
a few days, maybe a few, a couple weeks or something to kind of get used to it. It was like a, probably a 45 to 60 second millisecond delay uh, from where I was because I had so much equipment to Hammond and, you know, the B3 and all of the gear that I had on the stage made this big U shape. And when it was two keyboard players, like when we were first on the stage at the, at the 20, 21 nights in London, it was just me and Renato. And, um, um, you know, I kind of had a, a smaller set with Dr. Hammond, but Prince wanted all of that electronics. He wanted the Moog. He wanted the Hammond. He wanted like all of the stuff that I, that I had set up. And so I needed a bunch of space that we didn't have in the circle. I could have ate up the whole thing. So they just put me on a, on a, on a platform behind the soundboard, which most of the people that would come up to me at night thought I was the lighting director. And they'd be like, man, these lights are great. And I'm like, thank you, man. I, doing what I can, you know what I'm saying? I, I do lights, you know, and I make a joke out of it, but like, I, right. but, you know, they think I was doing the lights and uh, it's for the ones that didn't know that I was playing keyboards until they did look up at the screen and see, oh, the lighting guy's playing keyboards too. They got them on some keyboards up on the lighting stand. <laughs> so it was funny, man. It just took a second to get used to looking at John Blackwell and, and rest in peace, brother John Blackwell. That's another brother. Uh, I, I miss so very much. That was an integral part in in, in this process. Uh, a phenomenal drummer, a phenomenal brother, and we all miss him. We all love Black, and uh, but I had to. I couldn't look at him while he was playing because where the sound was and where his hands were were two different places. And so for me, I, I had Questlove like watching me all night. One night we were in at Madison Square Garden. We were doing the thing, and Quest was like over to my left. And he was just looking, and I and when he got a break, I looked down at him. He said, "Morris, like, how are you doing this, man?" He's like, "This is crazy." He knew how much delay space. He said, "Like, how are you even doing this?" I said, "Bro, very carefully, because it was crazy. You know that delay was like, it took a second to get used to." Yeah, that's why I had to bring it up, even though I know it was discussed in other things. Um, a question from Twitter. This is like a perfect lead-in for it to go uh, from the um, Twitter. All right. Yeah, from the Twitter. With uh, with three key players on the tour and a heavily improvised set, how difficult was it to keep the flow smooth and not step on each other's keys? It's called some keyboard pimps. We had the most severe. Let me tell you something, brother. That was the most severe keyboard attack in the history of mankind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm going to be the first to come and say it. You got Renato Neto, Cassandra O'Neill, and your boy, Mr. Hayes, on the I'm sorry, man. That's that's a severe amount of keyboard playing. And what you learn is, is everybody when you play together, you do learn who got this, who got that. You know, Renato sometimes will only play percussion. One of the greatest keyboard players in the galaxy. Some songs he just played percussion because that's what the song called for. Cassie would have her thing. You know, so everybody knew as professionals, like where to stay, where to like stay in a lane and stay out of the way of each other and not be fighting over who get to do what, because otherwise it sounds like a train wreck when you got too much. I've been in a band like Sheila E, where there was five keyboard players at once and still nobody ran over each other. That's called discipline. And and when you have a situation like that, when, when you reach the level of, 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 of musicianship that most of the bands that print, well, all of the bands, let me say that, all of the bands that Prince have, what you learn is how to stay out of the way. What you have to, you have to be in a situation where you're listening to one another, 
you're hearing what they're doing and then everybody kind of knows what space to get into and not that sometimes things don't happen because sometimes it get good but you have to really discipline yourself to know that i know she's got something happening right here she knows i got something happening renato knows and when he turned to hit your light hit your button he said when i call your name do all your little tricks do all your little tricks that's when you go for it you know but otherwise you're just really watching for the space and looking for the holes and just staying out of the way. He told me something for any of you musicians that's out there listening, a great piece of advice, and I'll pass it on to you, that Prince told me. He said, Morris, one of the greatest ways for you not to overplay is to sing the song as you're playing and you'll stay out of the way of the vocalist. Just sing the song that you're playing and you <clears> will not overplay because you'll watch what you're saying and what you're playing and you will stay out of your own way. Do that with the songs that you're doing and you'll be fine. And that's some of the best advice that I can give any of you players that listen to your vocalist, sing a song as you play and you will play less. You will stay out of your own way. And Mr. MVH, Michael Van Huffel is like five keyboard players. What's up, Michael? Severe cats too. All of them was dope. You know, all of them were dope that, that, that we did the NAACP awards, I think in 2020, what was that? Uh, I forget the year it was, but Sheila, they were doing basically a tribute to Prince around the 31-21 time. And uh, Sheila had just a severe, and so we had Frank McComb, we had this cat Phil, we had uh, uh, just, you know, Cassandra was there. When I even got the call, I remember telling Prince, like, you know, he called me and was like, I want you to come out to LA for this thing. I think I was playing with Maceo at the time. And um, I was like, uh, I said, Prince, they got four keyboard players. Like, what you, what you want me to do? And he always called me and said, you were more sure to glue. He just said, just, you know what to do, just fill in the gaps. And so um, it's like, I was like, I told what I did first was just listen. Just say, who's playing what? Who's doing what? Then I just went and I had a keyboard that I didn't even use, to, that wasn't one of the typical ones I played. I just said, give me a keyboard. I'm going to hook up my laptop. And then I'm going to listen to the whole show. And then I'm going to go program what I'm going to play, like Clavs. Morris Day samples, like uh, what time is it? And, and, and all of these things for each song to make the transitions go. The drones, the rock guitars, and then just like, just lay on the top. DJ record scratches, stuff like that. And just, man, it just was like cool in the game. Because it's like everybody find your place on the, in the stage. Everybody find your place in the ensemble. And then you all respect each other's space. So it works out when, when you're dealing with pros. In a, in a non-pro situation, that's called a train wreck, uh, mostly. But no train wreck with you guys, for sure. No train wreck there. Frank McCombs tore his thing up. Prince tore his thing up. Everybody killed it. I mean, that's what, and that's what you do with the big boys. Now, with this show, the DVD, it's amazing that it's on there. No disrespect. I felt there was even better forum shows that were performed there. This night, as I talked to people, they said that this had the best footage for things to be used. Um, of course, the crowd, 1,700 or 17,000, we know what he was talking about that night. But this, it just shows how amazing it is. And from an era where he really isn't that popular, it's amazing. And of course, something that he probably like would be where that girl is touching his leg. You're like, excuse me, I'm working here. <laughs> You know, I've seen him where in Oakland one time where a girl in 2001 tour, someone was chasing around the stage during a uh, soft and wet. It was just, uh, all right, then 
Bro. But he just kept doing it. Like, give me a hit. Like, maybe these people will dance and leave me alone. Bro, I let me tell you something. In my years of so many shows, there has been things like that. I don't think anything was, was crazier than Philly. Uh, we we did Philly and this girl decided she wanted to dance and she wanted to show everything she got and she went in. I think it's on the it's on YouTube. Yep. But Thank but you the, but the thing is, you know, it's funny because we had just talked about Bobby Brown. I think Bobby had just got arrested in that same area for a, a lewd conduct. And I I remember saying to Prince, I said, "We going to jail, dog. We going to jail. They going they, that after this girl when we come off the stage, it's going to be some cops waiting with handcuffs when we come off." Don't take us down the county. And we're we going down to the jailhouse. But it's like sometimes people feel like it's my chance. I'm going to go in. I'm going to do my thing. And it always lead, leads because Prince is very quick on his feet. Uh, he's done this for many years. He knows how to react. He knows the things to say. And he's very funny. And so he, he knows how to make them. Uh, uh, yeah, John. Yeah, you at that Philly show. You know what I'm talking about. Because her tailpipe was there for all the world to see. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I was just like, oh my God, we're done, and uh, we're we're going we're going in. But it's like he just knew how to control a crowd, knew how to make the moments in it. You know, like the Kim Kardashian moment. I remember in Vegas with uh with Paris Hilton. I mean, so it was like always he found a way to kind of do these moments of like stuff happening like that. So it's just a genius, for sure. The Paris Hilton thing, since there isn't video of it, that's circulating. Yeah. No one really knows about that incident in 2007. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even that got Mike... me in trouble with my MySpace page at the time. We don't need to get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll let that move on by. But I'm just saying, there was there was a yeah. lot of different things. You know, of course, the, the thing that Will, Will, Will I Am tells about Michael Jackson when he came to the show in, in 3121. Uh, that, was, that was hilarious, too, you know. And Mike was cool. Mike came backstage and uh, you know, the twins are like blowing snot and crying. Michael Jackson. I said, y'all better cool y'all ass out. Y'all better cool out. <laughs> Don't be back there acting a fool and crying and going all this stuff. You're going to be at the house. You better chill out. But uh, Mike was cool. He was backstage. You know, he was, you know, back there hanging. In. And so, you know, which goes again to, you know, everybody thought that him and Prince were such these enemies. Prince was always competitive. I don't care what the situation is. It's like that cartoon you got the, the coyote and the dog. They punch the clock, and then they fight all day. And then five o'clock, they can have knives and guns and fight. The bell ring, and then they like cool. They got their lunch. They go get their lunch box, and they walking home together. You know, I look at Prince and Michael like that. It's just like they both were top in their field. They were fierce competitors. Both of them wanted to be the best, and Prince always was going to try to be the best. I don't care what it is. He's going to always try to win. He's going to try to beat you at doing what he do. That's just the nature of who he was. Uh, he was a you know, uh, perfectionist and, and one that always wanted to be the best, period. Amen. He would start feuds even when there wasn't feuds, whether it was R. Kelly in the 90s, Justin Timberlake, the whole whoever said sexy left, uh, yeah. sexy back, sexy never left. You know, but you know what though? But but in that in that particular case though, I don't think Prince was saying that to like stab Justin. It was just a play off of what he was saying. You know, I'm bringing sexy back. Prince, I don't think it was meant to be like a dig to work because I've seen. I remember when we were um, in in London doing Top of the Pops, and there's this kid. Um, uh, what's his name? He was from a group. Take that. Uh, Williams. Huh. 
Robbie Williams. Yeah, Robbie. So so we were taking, you know, Prince were like his sound, right? When we doing these shows, a lot of these are recorded shows. Prince go hot, man. We'd be going live with, with most stuff. It's like you just do your recording and you just pantomime over the top, like soul train. No, Prince, no, no, no. We playing. So my guitar, so we doing real sound checks. And and he got pissed off because it was taking a long time and it did pushed him back. And so he went on this. Robbie went on this thing, man, where it was like in the, all of the papers, like the artist formerly known as Prick and all of this kind of stuff. He had T-shirts made up, bro, and was throwing them out at his concert with the artist formerly known as Prick on him, just doing like crazy like this. And I remember telling Prince, I say, Prince, this dude, Robbie Williams, I said, you want us to go whoop his ass? He's like, who? <laughs> He's like, You're like, I don't know who this, I don't care. Like, who, who is that? I don't know. Like, what do I... I no, I don't want to. I don't know who he is. I don't care. He's just like, man, I'm. I'm not tripping about none of that. It's just like so the whole Justin Timberlake thing, you know. But it was a great opportunity for Justin to make a like a this manufactured beef and kind of thing. And a lot of people really, you know, got a problem with Justin. And I'm I, look. I've talked to Justin at, at length. He's a good kid. I like Justin. I think he's a cool little cat. I thought, you know, the, the Super Bowl thing was one of those things. Damn if you do. Damn if you don't. Because if he hadn't done anything in Prince's hometown, then people say something about that. And what he did do, people are going to say something about that. Well, how come he going to try to? It's like he can't win in either situation. And so I know everybody's got their opinion on it. I think he did a cool job with that, with the Super Bowl. I thought it was it was a, it was a respectful uh, thing that he did. And, you know, uh, you know uh, and what he had to say about it. You know, and, and, and during all that other stuff, man, that's the record <clears throat> industry. People like to create beefs. It sells records. It, it moves the needle in terms of like publicity and it, it for both uh, p- both parties. Sometimes that stuff is even manufactured so that it looks like they've created a beef. And it's just like, it's just press, man. And you know, like they said, there's no such thing as bad press in Hollywood. It's true. They get it. And rock and roll. Rock and roll, baby. <laughs> but yeah, with, the, with those things. And I remember that Robbie Williams thing. That was a, a thing for a hot minute. But, yeah, I mean, if we got killed you know. because you, you, my mama used to say, son, it's hard to be a fool by yourself. You know what I'm saying? She's like, it's hard to be a fool by yourself. If you jump in with it and just start rolling with it, even when somebody tripping, if you ain't, you just like let them trip because you look crazy. So, so Prince didn't get involved in all that kind of stuff. Prince didn't talk about former band members. And uh, he, he asked me one time when he would see stuff in the papers, he said, why everybody be talking? He said, I don't talk about none of them. And I thought about it. I said, you know what, Prince, you're right. I never see you talking about nobody. <clears throat> you know, very rarely would he have something to say about former band members or things like that. He's like, I'm going on down the road, bro. I'm like moving on. I don't got time for energy or trying to deal and hash with a lot of stuff like that. I don't right. deal with that kind of energy, man. And it's just like he's working on another frequency about it. And not willing to get in the trenches with that kind of stuff and just keep it right. moving, man. Make no mistake about it. Justin was a fan from it and he'd be at the events. He'd be at the house parties. Ruth would give him a little bit of a warning. Yo, chill yourself. But Bro, he would be there. You let know? me tell you something, man. When I first met Justin, we were, we were in Milwaukee and it was crazy because this is at the height of NSYNC, man. They like smoking. every like our t- we, we happened to be staying in the same hotel and, and his MD, a, a good buddy of mine, uh, uh, he hit me up and said, hey, man, uh, uh, you know, he wanted to come by. He came by, and then I went by to check out their set. Well, like, get over to Justin's, uh, the, the NSYNC set, 
a lot of our former people are working for them now. So everybody sees me and we all like, oh my God, there's our bodyguard. There's our, our wardrobe girl. There's everybody was working for Justin. I, I mean, for NSYNC. And so it was cool. And she said, you want to meet Justin and them? And I'm like, yeah, cool. And they, she take me and these dudes half naked in the dress room and she goes in and they don't even have their clothes on. She's like, y'all got to get, she's yelling at them. Get you. They were like, bro, like, oh my God, bro, we love Prince. We want to come over and see you guys. I said, man, y'all come over there if you want to. All these little screaming teenagers, uh, burn this place down if y'all come over there talking about you want to see our show. And, you know, we just made a big joke about it. But they were very respectful, very much so. Uh, like, we love Prince, man. He's the greatest cat in the game. That's what I got from these dudes, just sitting in the dressing room talking to them before their show. They get dressed, bro. And they just wanted to meet me and just like let me know how much they love Prince and that sort of thing. And that's why I'm saying it, man. Until you like talk to people and you understand how this game works with press and media and all of this kind of stuff, that, that was a good boom for, for Justin to go out and do that kind of stuff. You know, and say something like that and have to come back at it. You know, Prince is like, I'm man, he's like, yeah, that's cute. That's what that's cute, Justin, what you're doing. That's you know, it's cool. He's going on about his thing because he's a freaking legend. He was a living legend. So he ain't worried about what he's talking about, man. It's just like, you know, it's all good. For sure. And rather be dealing with something like that than uh, something in Philly where you guys may get arrested. <laughs> For sure on that. Word there... up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I said word up. Yes. Now, was there any any celebrities that he brought on or musicians he brought on? We all know about Seal in 2010. But kind of... <laughs> Do you want to discuss that? Because I'm sure someone's going to go, what happened with Seal? But we know he would mess with people, see if they knew his music. But go ahead. Yeah, Seal was, that was, that was special, man. That, that was cool. Because I love, man, I love Seal. I think you're a dope yeah. artist, you know what I'm saying? But not everybody's equipped to do Prince music. You can be Seal and, and you know, uh, Swordfish or anything else, but you, you not everybody's able to, to like really come in. And I've seen some people come in and kill it. And it's probably not as easy when you had a couple few drinks. You know, you got you feeling everybody in the club getting tipsy. And and so he had a few couple of drinks and, and thought he knew the word to, 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 to mountains. Uh, uh, so it was it was less than Stella in terms of, uh, the, but it was, the Prince had great fun with it, man. He stood over in the corner and was just, Man, it was something to watch, man. We were all just dying because this dude committed. He went in. But uh, as they say, it didn't turn out the way that I think he'd expected it to. But it was still cool, man. They they talked. They was cool and everything. But it's just one of those moments. Like There's so many moments like that where you had things like that happen. And, uh, you know, and, and it's just one of those funny things, you know. One up, yeah, yeah, she had once up in a time in a land called Tennessee. Uh, we was laying on our keyboard instruments over there, just dying, cause he, this we like he just coming up with we got a teleprompter, bro. It's the words is going across the screen. He like I got this Bud Light and I'm going in, and we just gonna make up some words today, you know. But on the other hand, we got we got uh, you know we got um, Bono from U2, you know we in his place, him and the, him and uh, the Edge. And this dude, I, I just, my, my, my quaff parvu for Bono, because this dude, Prince is standing behind this guy, telling him the lyrics to the cross. And he's singing this song like he owns it, while Prince is sitting there mouthing the words to, to Bono. 
and he <clears throat> he did a great job. I mean, that was that was dope, man, to have him and Edge up in there, and then Prince telling this man. It's kind of like another time I did that with like uh with, with um uh what's my man uh where we did that uh same thing. Our singer was telling him the lyrics, like the great ones can always they they always figure a way to like do that and and kill it you know what i'm saying and they know how to do it and that's what i love about the old school cats man is that they just they they go for it man and they, you know they, they fix it in the mix it ain't like auto-tune they come in and they go for it and they kill it it's like patty labelle all these folks you talk about they well, these old school people that's what they do i love <clears throat> Chris Brown is dope, but I watched Chris Brown start a song over three times because he forgot lyrics. He had to keep starting over the song of Stevie Wonder tribute that we went to. Me and Prince were there, and he had to start over the song about two or three times because he kept forgetting the part in the song. And it's like old school, dog. You go for it. You make up some words. You figure it out. You go in. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And Bono, I believe that was in 95 in Dublin. They did it. And then during the forum run, the foundation room where he did three shows at the House of Blues, he was trying to get Bono on and Bono was like, Oh no, I'm good. I'm good tonight. He was trying to bring Bono yeah. on there for that foundation room show. It's like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was good. I go, that had to be scary for Bono, but I mean, he handled it that night, but I, yeah, he probably did. Oh. With it. We'll get, we'll get him back. We had a power outage earlier here in LA, which messed up the, getting everything reconfigured but as we get Morris back with that um talking about that show from 1995 in Dublin Ireland when I believe he did the cross um someone saying live is in the house as well so uh always appreciate that and with Shelby going in and I see your guys's comments I'm not able to get two of them or highlight them but of course we appreciate the DVD and of course welcome to America itself yes Chris Brown that's that Prince put up um, yeah, in the dark, what's going on? It Morris is almost back on. Here we go. It happens, my man. Welcome to live. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, sorry about that, man. I don't know what happened there. Don't, uh, hey, don't worry. The internet demons have crept in, but we're gonna get them out of here. The internet is dead. We, we'll get into that. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that where he was like, The internet oh, yeah. is dead. Oh, yeah. I said he may not be correct on this prediction. Right. But that's why I find funny. Although I haven't heard the podcast fully, I'm like, when he was saying the internet was dead, of course, Kieran was contacting about something with the Guardian that didn't go right. But the internet was dead, but he was using my site. And then after the forum run, Kieran contacted me that Prince wants to do a new website and wants me to run the social media accounts. And I'm like, great you know, show me the money. And then like a few months later, I ran into you when we were both recycling. And I'm oh, like, yeah, hey, what's yeah. up with this? And you're like, uh, you know, Prince, like he may have felt that way on a Tuesday, you know, yeah. but by Tuesday afternoon, he may have changed his mind. Yeah. But yeah. That would happen. That would happen. That's what I loved about LA, man. It was on a sidebar. That was always cool. I go to the post office to be the cats from uh, the office would be at the post office <laughs> just chilling. You know, Eddie Murphy be down getting <clears throat> some coffee at the coffee shop. Jay Leno at the paper at the little newspaper stand on the corner of uh, Van Nuys and and and, uh, and Ventura. So it's just crazy, man. That's what's cool. And, and there, me and you are recycling down at the at the Ralphs, right? <laughs> With our gloves, 
Yeah. I'm wearing my, my Prince necklace. You're rocking the MPG. Yeah, so it's just like, that's how you get down, bro. That's LA. For sure. It'd be just, just crazy on that. But yeah, when he talks about the internet being dead, I'm like, all right, all right. We go into that. But he was bouncing back from that pretty quick. I just kept saying to him that it needed a serious reboot. It needed yeah. to be cleansed. That's how Yeah. So, yeah. But... I'm glad it's here now in different formats. Mostly, you got to take the good with the bad. Not everything is great when it comes to social media, but that's the new internet. But yeah, it it is what it is. Right. But, you know, you have the people just being strong with it. Now, same page, different book. That was a song that, you know, was released to Third Eye Tunes and Third Eye Girl um, with that in 2013. And same with we, when she comes beyond hit and run phase two, but obviously a different version. This one's a little bit more dirty, so to speak. A little bit, but a little more butt naked on this one, right? To which I told the estate when 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 they had it, I said I think I got a better version of that, and they I'm glad they went with the one that I had because I like that one the best. I think that what I love about this record, bro, is uh, uh, it's 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 very raw. And very simple and so uh i i thought that's one of the things that i didn't want to get in the way of because as i sat and listened to it and he's telling me to overproduce it you know just throw everything at it i'll take away what i don't need i was like dude i don't want to throw all that stuff on there i i want people to hear what you're saying you know what's up Liv? i wanted people to hear what what what, what you all are saying because it was so important i'm like going i'm sitting there because the music even was so different from what it's like it's like when you, I liken it to like when you watch drug commercials, when they selling you like a drug commercial and it's like, uh, they'll say Cialis uh, and, and, and it just for your erectile dysfunction. And they playing this music, ding, 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 ding. And they, and they just show on all the cool scenes and they telling you all 22 things that'll kill you from taking this uh, drug for the one thing that it's there to fix. So, so, I'm listening to the music, the music that I'm like, yeah, the thing is something like, yeah, we drive to good, welcome to America. And then he just going in. It's like, oh, them fighting words that you're putting on top of that, bro. So it's like the music doing one thing and then what he's saying doing another. And I thought that was clever how he did that. You know, he could have came with some rage against the machine to say the same words. But this is like real effect. It almost felt like P-Funk to me because it's like, like uh, Chocolate City. Uh, I think we got, um, you know, we just got Detroit on that one. You know, it's just like, uh, it was it was crazy. And I just said, no, nah, I don't want to get in the way of that. That's that's dope how he's doing that. I just put some sprinkles on there and a little bit of here and then some paprika. You got to put some paprika on it and I and just do that. You know, that's, that's the idea. So, you know, there'd be people like, well, you didn't really do nothing. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. I did what what it called for, because at the end of the day, Prince always would say, it's all about the music. It ain't about my personality, about me trying to clown and throw some sparkles in that don't need sparkles. It's just about the music. You just like, what does the music require? What does it need? You know, I look at people like Jam and Lewis, two of my favorite cats when it comes to production. A lot of stuff that they did was some simple, dope stuff. You know, I always liked them because I felt like, man, these cats just, they're very clever. They can, they can do some simple, cool stuff. And I try to take notes from all of the greats like that. You know, Prince was very, he could do simple stuff. Some of his biggest hits, like Kiss, and like some of those things were like so simple. 
it's like, but then he puts some trickery in it and blow your mind. Like, when you get to that section, then it's like, oh my God, it's like, ooh, alphabet street. You know, just like Levi told me, it's like, turn one, if you ever pull that track up, put it on the board and pull all of the faders down except for drums, bass, and guitar. Just pull everything else out. And he said, you'll throw up on, on the console. And he was right. I put that in me and Barbarella sitting in the studio we just eating the console. We couldn't even believe it. Like, oh, my God, this don't make no sense how funky this is. You can't even hear it in the track because he got it mixed so low. All of that funk bubbling underneath there. It's just ghosted underneath. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, oh, my God, this dude crazy. And, and But that's what makes all of that stuff great is knowing where to put stuff in the mix Knowing how to, you know, how to how to get everything to, to get. Right. I'm just gonna put it out there because I've seen three people ask this already, but this is difficult, at least to me. They they want to know what your favorite Prince song is. My favorite Prince song. Uh, it's, that's the, one of the hardest questions that you can ever ask. Is, right. is, is what is your favorite? But I I know. I could tell you my least favorite, but not my favorite. Uh, well, I mean, I got, I don't, you know, with that many songs, you're bound to have some that you're going to like definitely more than others. But I have to say pound for pound for every artist that I know. Like, you have to get like Stevie Wonder, like Michael, people like that. They're always going to have, for the most part, the record's going to be killing. It's just, that's just the way it is because it's who they are. For me, two of my favorite, favorite songs of Prince is Joy and Repetition. I think that song is like, it's incredible because what he's saying, it's, you know, Prince was so good with telling stories like with music. Dorothy Parker is like that. It's like he, he paints a picture and you see this whole thing lay out. And I, and I, so I, I loved uh, Join Repetition and, 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 and I also loved um, another song from that same record. Um, oh, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain freeze right now. Um, um, that I because I just love to play joy and repetition. We had so many different versions of it, and I remember one time he had to like, <laughs> he, had to huh? he had to stop, he had to stop, he had to stop the song. He's like, Morris, you, you get you, you, you're getting too heavy, bro. And, and and I was just like, I'm sorry, dog, I'm feeling the spirit, you know, I was just feeling it, man. I had to go in, but but joy and reps was always one, and um. And uh, oh my gosh, on that same was it album. the question of you? Question of you, that's it. Mind reader. One, one, yeah. one, one verse, one verse, and the rest of that song is just is magical, man. The question of you, and it's so great. And I, I, you know, when you think about the words, if I sell my soul, how much will it cost? I was right. like, that dude is, that's crazy. Just he's so dope with just lyrics, you know. And it goes to when I ask him. Uh, about uh, what he, what I said, Prince, what do you think you do the best, man? Like, what is, what is the thing you do the best? I mean, you know, Prince was always that, that little cutesy thing you do, like, well, um, the thing is, I think at the end of the day, Morris, I'm a songwriter, you know, I'm a poet. And he said, nobody reads anymore. I hate bad lyrics. And he would say that. I said, you know what, Prince? I said, I think you're right, bro. I, I, I'm 100 with you on that. I'm 100. I think you're the dopest song. Because if you peel away, I could pick records that, that that had keyboard sounds that I just like, because Prince would get one keyboard, he'd be like, he'll go crazy. The whole album be this one keyboard. He'd just he'd find, just like, you know, when I got signed at the times and like pull those tracks to get stuff, I, it was 16 tracks. I'm like, where's the rest of the, the tracks? Like where 
he just had a fair light. He just got the fair light and everything was this fair light, like all of the sounds. Like once I got this fair light emulator, I'm like, oh my God, this is the whole record. This is the whole sign of the times record is this one keyboard. And he just would wear it out. And so I could have songs that'd be like Prince, oh my God, man, can we just like get some other keyboards? But always the lyrics were gonna be great, man. And we would we would talk about that. I'd be like, oh Prince, I don't like this sound with like, how many hits you got, Morris? How many you got? Mm-hmm. And you can't say nothing. You just like, well, well, uh, well. Yeah, can't say nothing. You, you got you got so many hits, Morris. How many you got laying around over at your house over there? You got hits over there laying around. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I love so that many dude. hits, so little time. So little time, Morris. So many hits. I used to tell him about the teleprompter. I said, Prince just going down slippery slope. You and them girls, slippery slope. It's like I got too many hits. I can't keep up with all them lyrics. <laughs> right. Can't be doing all this stuff. And like we talked about earlier, there's 2010 that a deluxe version that still hasn't been released. There's so many things from the 90s that have been released, including remixes and videos. People think they've seen all the videos. They haven't seen the videos. Man, let me no. tell you something. It's just ridiculous. And that's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm saying. Um, look, Prince recorded everything. Live shows, rehearsals, you name it. He got it, man. It's all down there in the vault. They can put stuff out until it'll be like Blade Runner outside, and they'll still be putting out some Prince records. Because that dude just had stuff up in the vault, bro. And it's just in there. So, you know, he told me uh, one time when I was, when he played me these tracks, I've talked about it in a lot of interviews uh, about when he was telling me Purple Rain was his B-side material that I was like B-side stuff. And all you got to do is think about 17 Days. That was B-side. And look how crazy that song was. And it was B-side, right? So uh, it was like, oh my God, this dude telling me like, you know, I have this. I said, come on, man. So that's the that's the biggest shit you ever did, bro. It's Purple Rain. You know, you ain't tell me you got some stuff bigger than that because why, why ain't that out? He played me these tracks and I just had to shut my black mouth because this dude put some tracks on in that limo and had me just throwing up my lunch meat. And I'm just like in there going, oh my God, bro. We got to put, we got to put this out. We got to put it out. He said, nope. I said, Prince, we'll be back. MTV, VH1, you know, the box, whatever. Like, nope. I said, it's for my kids. I said, you ain't got no kids. He said, well, ain't coming out. So then I'm like, oh, well, that sucks because we could be like legendary again, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that just tells me once again, like it goes back to the other argument. If he, he had those songs and he didn't put them out, they in there. I can't even remember the songs. I think if somebody played them for me right now, I would be like, maybe that's, I don't even remember because I was so shocked that he was telling the truth that I thought he was talking crazy talk, man. And I never doubt him again. I was like, after he said that, because I was like, come on, dog. You know, man, he had that stuff. It was clobbering. And I was just like, oh, my dear Jesus, this man got, this is crazy. And this is just in the vault chilling and we're not putting it out. Why you even got in the car listening to it? <laughs> like, man, this is crazy. But that's, that taught me a lesson that day. That taught me a lesson. Do not doubt this man. When he tell you he got something, you better believe it, folks. 
And so that's why I'm saying, like, until this all come out of this vault, we ain't gonna never know. Everybody think they already got everything that's to be in there. No, sir, you don't. You don't. Not everything. Live concerts, all this stuff. Yeah, all of so that. Many man. Different things. All of that. You know, uh, and not bootleg quality. Yeah, that's the other thing. Not not at not at that tore up quality. Because to me, that's like you don't even have it. You know, that's like wearing dirty glasses. Can't see through dirty glasses. You got to get a nice clear picture with your glasses. And so right. the music needs to be clean and crispy like that too. <laughs> Need to be clean, clean, crispy like that. So you have to you have to hear it in its intended form. I, whenever I've ever had a problem, it's like when things get released that um, that 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 the audio is not what I knew that it should be. If anything goes like that, then that's where I would have a problem. And I don't have no problem telling somebody if they ask my opinion and my two cents about it. I will always stand up for that, that that, that whatever's done with Prince and mine is done at the highest quality uh, when it comes to his catalog and his music or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Always, He would always put his best foot forward. Everybody else has to. For sure. Now, before we wrap it up, because I know we could talk forever and I know people are enjoying the show. Um, we will be wrapping up. What's a song from the album that you'd like Sony to put out as a single? We already have Welcome to America and Born to Die. What would you like to see be put out there? To me, more than one. Well, then, the, 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 again, this record is killing, man. I mean, right. it's, it's so nice. Um, um, I think uh, Check the Record is smoking. That Joker just got a hump on it. I think. Uh, um, uh, same page, different book. It's grew. It's a Prince is, is guitar stuff is crazy. Uh, Toll is crazy. Just and, and 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 mostly about what it's saying. When you listen to the lyrics in the song, that's the most incredible thing about that song. Same page, different book. Mm -hmm. You know, got a lot more common common if we only look. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's just like that's some power. That's powerful lyrics right there, man. And again. It's what Prince was all about. It's a message. Right. And so he managed to wrap a great message up in a funky groove like that. And when she comes again, man, it's just like, it's just beautiful, man. It's just a great song. And I even told Prince, I said, Prince, I'm not going to even touch this track, man. I said, this is Claire Fisher all day. Just give it to Claire and it'll be like anniversary from Tony, Tony, Tony. It'll be like that. Just give it to Claire Fisher and, and call it a day. Barbarella probably could have done like a, a equally great job. He's, I think, Tommy's budding into an incredible string arranger. But uh, that song was so good. I just said, man, I'm not gonna even try to trip trying to put some raggedy little keyboard strings on that I can do. I, I just give it to Claire. That's what you've done right. with all of these great ballads. And and he said, yeah, I, that's that's a good idea. <clears throat> that kind of thing. And so that's so it's just left like it was, and it's still smoking. And so I think that song needs to see some airplay on, especially R&B. It's just such mm -hmm. a great ballad. But uh, but but I think the girls did a great job on Stand Up and Be Strong. I, th I think there's some some stuff there that that uh, that, that powerful. So so it's, it's so it's really really, you know. And I've had some people just like like go like Ren Ten Ten like 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 it's just like this is what I love about Prince music. Like after we did the thing in 2016, man, it's like. All the people that I ran into, like, we put that show together pretty quickly. It was a lot of stuff, man. The promoter told me, Morris, you can't do a five-hour show. 
you can't do that. It just, but we did. And even after five, almost five hours of 52 Prince songs, everybody was like, man, that was a great show. And I knew it had its issues. I wasn't even supposed to be trying to host it myself. That was Sinbad was supposed to do it and he got sick. So I somehow got the job and I didn't need to be doing that. I needed to be behind the scenes like, okay, let's get this going. So I had to try to like now keep stuff and thank God for my man Magoo. Uh, Magoo, if you're watching, you my dog, man, because you and a lot of other folks saved the day because they kept things moving while I'm trying to entertain the folks and still got stuff going on. I'm making some wrong calls and I'm doing this, that, and the other. It was a lot of things moving parts. But do you know the biggest thing people said to me after they said we loved it, it was like my feet hurt, but it was great, is they said, you didn't play my favorite song. I said, we played 52 Prince songs, man. That's what everybody said. You didn't play my favorite song. But 52 songs. That's crazy. That is a testament to how dope this dude was. To like, I, 10 people at least, 10 people at least told me that after that show, after they ran into me on the street. And if y'all watch it, y'all know who you are because you came up to me and said, like, that was dope. It was a crazy show, but y'all didn't even play this one. You didn't play that one. You didn't play this one. I just said, God, dog, that just, that just, this dude is just crazy because right. how can you not? You ever had anyone come up to you and go, yo, he didn't play work that fat tonight. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. So, so, so that just again it just proves like what a prolific artist and an extraordinary writer that Prince was. That he had so much material and so many things that sure. was like that he could have done, and that you know that, that you know that we could have done. Just like we can't possibly get. That's why it's so hard to pick a favorite of anything yeah. of Prince's. You know, favorite outfit. I, I saw the shoe display at Paisley. It's unbelievable. You know, I personally know a lot of those shoes, but they were standing on my neck some of the nights. But, uh, but no, um, it's just incredible how many things that he did so well, like fashion and the suits and the shoes and the, and the stuff. You're just like, hey, who do you know that had so many bases covered? You know what I'm saying? And in, in, mm -hmm. in, in that world, you have to get up to like Michael and Madonna and and just like folks that's like that's operating like that man that's like and and this dude can turn any city purple and everybody knows what that means when the city goes purple what's the first thing you think about you can't see nothing purple and don't think about prince you can't do it and even with the welcome to tour from madison square garden the izod center the forum welcome to canada welcome to australia welcome to chicago ridiculousness because Crazy. by welcome to chicago and we won't talk about the first show we'll talk about the other shows jennifer hudson adding old friends for sale into the mix other yeah. shows he did with extra lovable and adding days of wild back into the yeah. set dance electric that stuff was amazing yeah i mean it's crazy man it just you know it was a lot of a lot of turmoil and crazy stuff at different points you know prince had an age old from my time in to my time out that's mostly the part of the reason why i left is because Prince assigned, you know, responsibility to me for the sound, to which I told him, Prince, I'm not a sound man, all right? So, but that that was kind of one of the main reasons. People are like, ah, how could you quit? I didn't quit, I never quit Prince. Prince always removed me whenever I left. I, I always made it a thing that I'm not gonna quit on him. He can take me out, that's fine, but I'm not gonna ever quit. Because I remember what he said about people leaving him and quitting before I even got in the band. And I said, well, I'll never be that dude to quit on him. 
uh, and I was I was tempted to quit a few times. I was, but it never happened. And so, but one of the things was is the sound was like a thing. And, and I just told him, I said, Prince, you know, we're doing very unconventional things with the sound. Everybody has a monitor guy. We're doing the thing where the front of house guys, the monitor guys, the Prince, we're going to always have problems with the sound if we continue to go down this road, brothers. I'm sorry. That's just is what it is. You're way ahead of the technology. I know that in theory this can work, but in reality is a different situation. And, and that was the devil in the details. The Prince like, I don't want the devil. <laughs> I don't want the devil. So I just had to explain. So, so it's, and that, well, there's nothing I can do about that. This is like, well, brother, we can, we can go back and forth, but we're going to have sound problems because we're trying to do something that's not proven technology at this point. Right. So, and sure. I'm surprised it worked as good as it did. We had a guy named Kyle. It was amazing. You know, Kyle worked with Rihanna and a bunch of folks. He was one of the, he's one of the dopest sound cats in the game. But it was just like it's next to impossible to do something like that. It's just technology. Was, Prince was always ahead of the, the ability of the technology. For sure. I, you know, there's, like I said, if we can't even go into what we want to see next from the vault, because I'll be... Or other stuff we want to see released. What I can go into it. They need to go with the, them NPG records, Gold Nigger, Exodus, all of them that, that didn't get that didn't get them proper releases. Come on, people at the vault, bring them on in. Quit joking. That'd be hot. I wouldn't be down for that. I know a lot of people love to see Exodus back on vinyl, for sure. Oh my god, that'd be banana sandwiches right there. You know, Exodus on vinyl. Funny T was killing it like that. Come on, man. Quit joking. For sure. And again, to, before before we wrap up, MPG, original MPG going back out on tour, albeit things are a little bit scary right now. Whenever it happens, we can't wait to see you back on the road in other cities. And of course, back here in LA, if the promoters can get their damn issue yeah. right. You know what, man? It's 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 so crazy right now, man, with the, the, the country and COVID and, and all of the crazy that's around and the vaccinations and all of this stuff. What it really comes down to is what people are willing to do to, to minimize this thing. What we don't want to do as the NPG is uh, uh, have any of our fans or anybody be in jeopardy. We're going to do what the guidelines and whatever we can do that makes sense. You know, the, the, that's, that whole field is changing on a daily basis. AG, Live Nation makes announcements. A lot of the venues are doing things now. So it's really going to come down to a, a game time situation as time moves on, because this thing is progressively, you know, when I look and see how many beds are available in places with COVID, it's so crazy, man. So we just like, we love to play. We love to go out and do what we got to do, uh, but we definitely want to be safe. We want to be able to be in compliance with whatever's happening with regard to uh, the situation on the ground. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, right now, man, we're looking forward to, like, getting in a thing. Everybody got a crazy, we're going to have a crazy set list, and it's going to do what it do. Yeah, that big, and I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I want I want to see, just for maybe a little bit of, a little bit of face down for the little haters. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. But I love you, Morris, man. Right, Glad brother. to see you here, and appreciate I appreciate it. you being on. Welcome to America right now. Get it in every single version that you can. You got st that can be a stocking stuffer for later this year. It doesn't oh have to be gosh. now. Let's That's keep crazy. It going. And real quick, man, I just want to say to yeah. all of the fans, man, thank you from the bottom of mine and the NPG and all of the Prince family, man. That's the one thing. It's all love. 
uh, from all of for keeping Prince and his music alive. It's a, it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Prince all the time. And for you all to to follow and 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 absorb this music and do this, man. I can I think I speak for all of us to say you are the key to what makes all of this make sense and make this great. Thank you so much for the the, the years and years of support and love. And we love you guys back. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen, Morris. Thank you so much for your time. It's always appreciated. And uh, I'll be seeing you sooner than we think, hopefully. Down the lounge, as they say. See you down the lounge. There you go, my man. Bird. Have a good one. Thanks again. Right, much man. love. Morris Hayes, everyone. And again, just like we said, thank you guys so much for everything. And I'm going to do like a quick after show. I'm going to log us off. And I'll redo a restart, check it out, and I'll announce who Monday's guest is. We're going to have a special Monday show. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll give you some links right here just because people always ask towards the end of the show. Make sure to pick up the Welcome Welcome to America on CD, vinyl, not a track. Get that deluxe and just other things. But it's so appreciated seeing how well it's doing on the charts. I want to see it around for a bit. And I'm sure Sony will be hitting it out of the park again, trying to make sure that stuff happens. But thank you guys. I'll see your comments and uh, I'll be back in a little bit just for a short after show to let you know what's up with the guest on Monday. Thank you guys so much for sharing and subscribing on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Music, Spotify, everyone else. Much love to you guys. We'll be back shortly with the after show. Keep it funky. Thank you, Morris. Thank you, Prince. Much love.